Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> All right. So let me give you a song list for you. Start it up. All right, let me punch this button here and we'll be ready to go. Or my daddy said, mash the button. Yeah, don't mash the button. All right, well, praise God. It's good to be back in church. All right, let's take our songbook tonight. Let's turn to 516. Let's stand together. We're marching to Zion, 516. 516. 516. <laughs> we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. Join in a song with sweet accord. Join in a song with sweet accord. And us Surround the throne and thus surround the throne. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Let those refuse to sing who never knew our God. But children of the heavenly king, but children of the heavenly king, May speak their joys abroad, may speak their joys abroad. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. The hill of Zion heals a thousand sacred sweets. Before we reach the heavenly field, before we reach the heavenly field, or walk the golden streets, or walk the golden streets. Change Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. The hill the bound and every tear be dry. We're marching through Emmanuel's ground. We're marching through Emmanuel's ground. To fairer worlds on high. To fairer worlds on high. We're marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion. The beautiful city of God. Amen. One of these days we'll see the city of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I look forward to that day when I stand not in this mortal flesh, but in a new body. Amen. In his presence and behold him as he is. Amen. What a day that will be, truly. Amen. 
It's good to be with you in church tonight. Amen. I hope you've had a good last two or three days. Have you got any prayer requests tonight? Yes, Miss Mary, you had your hand up first. Um, All right, we'll pray for her. Yes, Miss Charlotte. Feet and legs. Feet and legs. All right. You wore out. Yep. (laughs) You've been hitting me. Amen. Your knee, yeah, mama's, mama's got a screw backing out in her knee. So oh, she can't get to it. Can't get to it. It's under the skin, so mm-hmm. she's got to have a doctor's appointment. Well, that's what you get with them bionic knees. They start falling apart after 100,000 miles, 100,000 steps. Your warranty must have went out, I bet. I bet the warranty went out the, the other day. All right. You've got to pray. I'm sorry. That's my normal. And then also, just touching on my back is I'm glad to know that. Good. 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 Prayers have been answered. Well, amen. That's wonderful. Brenda Simmons, cancer is gone. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. But it's a, the worst kind of cancer you can have, and they're going to have to keep them close, close hours yeah. because they said they guarantee it's come back. Mm. So they said they're going to keep on her every three months. Yeah. Check on her face. And now she was going to have hip replacement before she found out she got cancer. So now they're scheduled for hip replacement. Okay. So now we got to pray for a hip. All right. But the cancer, the hip is done. Praise God. Praise Amen. God. That's for sure. Well, Byron, how's, how's, how's Mr. Scott? He's doing Well, that's good. That's good. Praise the Lord. Brother Dan, how are you feeling? Mercy sakes. Yep. We'll lift you and sit on you up in prayer. Miss Bonnie, I mean, Miss Joanne, one of y'all. I'll do all the cooking. I'll get everything done, get everything ready, and bring it over, and we'll just sit down 
and have a Thanksgiving meal, everybody together, and we'll count our blessings and share testimonies and talk about what we're thankful for and all those good things and share some scripture and just have a uh, just have a, a service that's that's centered around Thanksgiving and, and the meal and just enjoy a time of fellowship together. Uh, and remind everybody else, if I don't remember to do so, that we're doing that. And uh, I'm going to try to get an exact head count of who's going to be here. I'm going to try to ask again Sunday. So y'all help me remember that because, again, we want to have we want everybody here. And I, and I also got to thinking, if it looks like we can't get everybody here on a Wednesday night, we may move it to that Sunday. That's what I think we'll do. Uh-huh. We could, I mean, we could do it that Sunday and, and do it that same way, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, I don't know. We might. We'll just, we'll, let's, we'll just kind of feel it out and see what happens. But uh, tentatively now we'll plan for the 15th, and we'll just see how, how it shapes out. All right. Any other prayer requests? Anything else before we go over? Sure. Uh, Tammy's little grandson, Eric, mm-hmm. is being baptized Sunday. Well, praise the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> praise God. He got saved. Hallelujah. That's shouting ground there. Amen. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to bless us tonight. Robert, lead us. Somebody did a news story on him and told what he was doing and mentioned the gospel and Jesus Christ and salvation and everything. It was wonderful. Never seen anything so good in my life on the news channel. And, I mean, he, they did. He, he actually told a story about the woman who was driving down the road praying, God, I, I, I just want to know you're real. Please show me a sign. And within a minute, she pulled up behind his trailer. <laughs> Call me. I'll pull over. And he did. Wanted to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. God's good. Amen. 335. There shall be showers of blessing. 335. There shall be showers of blessing. This is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing. Sent from the Savior above. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. There shall be showers of blessing, precious reviving again. Over the hills and the valleys, sound of abundance of rain. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. 
There shall be showers of blessing. Send them upon us, O Lord. Grant to us now a refreshing. Come and now honor thy word. Showers of blessing. Showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling. But for the showers we plead. There shall be showers of blessing. Now as to God we're confessing. Now as all Jesus we call. Showers of blessing. Showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling. But for the showers we plead. Well, I wish God would dump out shower blessing on us, don't you? Amen. I tell you what, I wouldn't fuss at all. I wouldn't put up my umbrella. Amen. Number 104. 104. My faith looks up to thee. 104. My faith looks up to thee, thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. Now hear me while I pray, take all my guilt away.
of judgment scattereth away all evil with his eyes. So you picture that king sitting on his throne high and lifted up, and he's it's a throne of judgment. And 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 I know we we live in America, and our 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 king, so to speak, is the Constitution of the United States. And thank God for the Constitution of the United States. I'm grateful we don't have a king. And the reason I'm grateful we don't have a king is President Biden and and, and a, a slew of other ones behind him. Because had they had the power of a king, they might have they might have done atrocious things that they weren't able to do because they were bound down with the chains of the Constitution, as Thomas Jefferson put it. And uh, and thank God for the Constitution. But in an ancient world, kings didn't just govern. They were also the highest court in the land. We have the Supreme Court, but they had the king. He was the lone sole voice, and what he said was going to go, whether you liked it or not. And uh, he was the judge in his king, in his kingdom and the judge in his courtroom. And a faithful king, thank God, if you had a faithful king, he would carry out his responsibility, and he'd go in and sit on the throne of judgment and take care of all the matters that came before him. And it was his his great burden and his business to execute judgment and justice amongst his people, especially if he does this in his own person. Uh, you know, he, he, he was his, his duty. He's the king. He's supposed to make sure that justice is done and that the right judgment is let down. And, uh, and it was usually in ancient times for him to do it himself and, and see these things done with his own eyes. Uh, righteousness at the top is necessary to undergird the whole legal system. If there's not righteousness at the top, there's corruption all below. And sadly, our Department of Justice in America is corrupt. It is a communistic, political, motivated machine bent on, on crushing those who are, or, who are opposed to the destruction of our nation. Let me say that again. It is a corrupt machine bent on opposing all those who oppose the destruction of our nation. Our nation will never be corrupted from the outside. We'll never be overthrown from the outside. Our nation will be rotted from the inside out, and that's what's happening as we sit here tonight. Our nation's being... And, and, and again, it matters not that we have a president, we have a king, that God's plan is God's plan. And God's plan, evidently, is the destruction of the United States of America. And, I, you know, I'm, I can't blame God. I cannot blame God. Does that mean I'm not patriotic? No, I'm patriotic. I love my country, but I don't blame God. You think of what a nation God created here. I got a good book at home. It's written by by Dr. Bill Grady called What Hath God Wrought, talking about America, the thing that God created out of nothing, and this wonderful nation that we had that, that was a beacon of the gospel to the whole wide world. I mean, God God's done so much here in this country uh, for the gospel's sake, and, and, and look at what she's become. She's become she's become Babylon 2.0. You know, again, we, we, we worship sin in America. We worship the murder of the unborn, of the elite of this country, or Luciferians that drink the blood of babies and try to stay alive. I mean, it's just a horrible, horrible place that we live in. Everybody in power is blackmailed. But I didn't mean to go off on that. I just I can't help it, y'all. Amen. When I start thinking about what's happening in my country, it just drives me crazy. It drives me crazy to think about what's happening. But a, but a king... He sits on the throne of judgment again. And, uh, and again, it's righteousness is so important. That's why it's so important that people not vote for the most 
the most the best looking polit- political candidate that they vote for not the the most necessarily the most educated political candidate but the most sincere the most honest the most competent political candidate uh because again they're going to be in charge of the whole the whole uh well maybe not in America but they will be in most places in, in charge of the whole judicial system but uh but they're going to appoint whoever's the president is going to appoint judges so again it's so important that righteousness is what we vote for and not which one we think is the best looking or whatever uh but it says that king it says in the seat of judgment he scattereth away all evil with his eyes and the presence alone of a king in judgment over his realm is enough to scatter all evil because he's got power to get, again kill anybody who opposes him so again just knowing that he could do that ought to cause somebody to say, well, I'm not going to say or do anything that's going to upset that guy. Amen? <clears throat> and, you know, because when, when people know that evil will be punished, and I think that's part of the problem in America, uh, a lot of people think, well, I can get away with it, especially if you are in power and you have and you know something on somebody else, you're connected. You can get away with all kinds of things in this country. Yeah, this country is is not it, it ain't run right. I mean, it hadn't been for a long time. But uh, but again, when when people know that evil is going to be punished by godly and, and, a, and a righteous, just leadership, it makes evil scatter. I mean, you just you just look at the difference between this current administration and and, and Trump's administration. You look at you look at uh, uh, at what was done uh, with old what's his name, old Rocket Man, the Rocket Boy over there, uh, Kim, Kim Jong Un or whatever, and, and the way he acted before and since Trump, and how he acted while he was there. You look at what Trump did during that presidency versus the one we got now. When 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 people want to do right, and when when the people who are in the office and and who are in the in the king's chair, or who, is, who is in the White House, or what, or in the Parliament, wherever country you're in, when they want justice and righteousness, the the, the bad guys scatter because they realize the one at the top can get. It. And believe you me, when Trump got in there and he started talking about draining the swamp, boy, I'm gonna tell you, they they went to scattering and scurrying and trying to figure out ways to get rid of him because he's been pulled the plug and drain the saw. And I don't think he's over yet. Amen. But we'll see. We'll see. But uh. But anyway, and uh, I mean, it's a fact that that a just government, a just government will root out the evils of society. I mean, if we had if we had somebody in there who believed the Bible was the word of God, if we had people in office who, who believed what God's word said is true, then you know what? Pretty soon we'd go to passing laws. So all those sodomy laws that they've done away with, all them things go back on the books. Uh, you know, again, it'd be illegal in every state to, to murder a baby, amen, whether in the womb or out of the womb. Some states, they're trying to make it where it's legal to do it out of the womb, almost. I mean, up to the point of labor, that's pretty much murder on the on the outside. <clears throat> they get away with, they do away with all that stuff, amen. Uh, listen, I ain't got time to say all I want to say tonight, amen. I spent all night talking about our government, how corrupt it is. But that's not what you came for. The point of it is God makes it plain. You get ju- you get people in there that love him and power, and, and evil's going to scatter. Amen? That's what happens anywhere. 
Amen. You get a good judge in a courtroom. You know what? The 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 the, the people who like to come in and cut back backroom deals, they they quit they'll quit trying to cut backroom deals. You get somebody in there that does right and believes in doing right. You get a good sheriff in in town. Pretty soon, all the all the the the, the, the uh, drug dealers and the bootleggers they start they start thinning out. Listen, you get good people in power, then the evil is going to scatter. You put a good you put somebody behind the pulpit that believes the word of God. I can tell you, all those who've just been in and out of church and half in, half out, they won't come very often. Amen. You can you can you can whittle a church down pretty good. You start preaching the word of God. Amen. You notice it didn't grow like wildfire when I got in here. I didn't expect it to. Amen. Because when you preach the word of God, again, you're not going to have a full parking lot. Because it's only the people who want to hear the word of God that are going to come. Again, those who are coming to, to, to get a good pat on the back and feel good about themselves, they don't come no more. And I'm not saying the people that left here did. I'm just saying anywhere you go. I'm not saying here. I'm just saying any church. You start preaching the word of God, them people that leave, they weren't here for the word of God to begin with. They just saved. Amen. Um, it says he scatters away all evil with his eyes. The experienced eye of a true ruler, he, he, he sifts the chaff from the wheat. He don't just let it, his, his kingdom stay corrupt. He's going to make sure the stuff gets out of there. Amen? And, and if a, a wise king does that, don't you know the spirit of the Lord does that too? Amen? God does that. Isaiah eleven three, the Bible says, And shall make of him quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, nor reprove after the hearing of his ears. Amen. First Corinthians two fifteen says, But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no men. God is all about judging things. I know we live in a world that says we shouldn't judge. We shouldn't judge. Judge not. That's what it said in the Bible. Judge not lest you be judged. God says, Judge, 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 judge. And he says, Judge righteous judgment, not judging based on your feelings, not judged based on how you was brought up, not judged based on your opinion but judged based on truth and the word of God, which is the truth. And and that's what God tells us to judge based on. Amen. Uh, the Bible says here he'll make he'll make a man of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. You start fearing the Lord, God will give you discernment to be able to tell who's a phony and who's real. God will give you discernment to tell what's the truth and what's the lie. Amen. And he'll give a king that kind of discernment so that he makes good, righteous decisions. Verse nine. Let's let's move on. Who can say, I have made my heart clean. I am pure from my sin. I'm so righteous and sanctimonious. Somebody sent me, who was that sent me a video? A guy from Paris named Ricky Smith. He sent me a video. I watched this earlier today. It was a, it was the title of the video was the 50 most evil Christians in the world. And immediately when I saw that title, I thought, well, they ain't Christians. <laughs> and, you know, it was a list of all the televangelists, all the Word of Faith preachers, all the, the Kenneth Copeland's, T.D. Jakes, uh, Creflo Dollars, Joyce Myers, Paula White. You go down the list, 50 of them. And, and every one of them, it, it, they're judged by their own words. Kenneth Copeland, you don't have a God living in you. You are a God. That's Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland said, 
when I read in the Word of God where God says, I am, I just smile and say, yes, I am too. That's Kenneth Copeland. Amen. It's that kind of stuff, that arrogant kind of stuff. Let me tell you something. I, I, I watched one TV preacher. He was sitting there talking about how he loved money. He said, man, and I, I'm trying to think who it was. It's the guy that, uh, oh, what's his name? He does the, it, it, he has the camp meeting on the, on the on the direct TV or Dish Network. It's a camp meeting with somebody. I can't remember what his name is. But he's talking about, hey, love money. Man, I just love money. He said, there ain't nothing prettier than this money. He said, yeah, well, look at a $100 bill. He said, there ain't a woman in the world prettier than a $100 bill. That's a preacher talking. I'm going to tell you right now, there's some, there's some shysters in this world, man. <laughs> Who can say I, but but what got me is this, this, this I can't think of his name. Um, his last name's White. He's got, he's got, like, he's had dreadlocks. His hair is all piled up on top of his head. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all, I mean, y'all, I'm more like, be more likely to know what I'm talking about than anybody. But I'm trying to think of his name. Um, anyway, it'll come to me. But anyway, he, 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 he stood up on the platform and he talked about, he said, I don't sin no more. He said, I know I don't sin no more. He said, because I know me better than anybody knows. And I, I had just read that verse. Who can say? I have made my heart clean. I am pure from my sin. Now, I mean, it's part of human nature for us to overestimate ourselves. It's part of human nature for us to brag. It's just human nature. A lot of, you know, a lot of people uh, say what this proverb says, but none of us can do it with humility and none of us can do it with integrity because we're lying. Amen? If we say, I'm pure from my sin, I ain't never done that. I ain't done nothing wrong. I'm clean. Nobody living on this earth can say that honestly and sincerely. I'm pure from my sin. I'm perfectly free from all the guilt and filth of my sin in my heart and my life. No, you're not. If you're close to God, you feel more guilty over your sin now than you ever did. I'm going to tell you, that's the truth. The closer you get to God, the more conscious of your sin you ever will be. I've used it as an illustration four or five times here, but I'm going to use it again. As I'm coming in courts, we're coming up to the square. Right as you get to the red light, right there, my cowboy gun's on the right. Right past there is a manhole in the middle of the street. And people, I see people try to go around it all the time. But they're not trying to go around it because it bothers them. It's just because they don't want to bump up on the, on the road. But if you ever got down there and pulled that thing off and crawled, crawled out in there about 10 or 12 feet and got down there and took a big old breath, and instead a flashlight and looked around, you'd be horrified, disgusted by what you're standing in. Because it's probably a lot of human waste and things like that flowing under the street. It's a sewer. Okay? But you can drive over to nobody. Right? But it's kind of like that being underneath your feet. You don't ever think about it. But the closer you get to God, it's like the more conscious you are of what's there. You can't forget it. You can't quit thinking about it. I, I, that's, that's nasty, and I'm too close to it. Your sin, your sin will bother you night and day. It, it, you, you, you'll want to get away from it. It'll, it'll torment you because you, you, can't, you can't be perfect. You want to be. And, and you want to walk in righteousness. And, boy, when you fall down, you get so mad at yourself, and you say, why did I fall down? I'm, I can't believe I've done that. Lord, please forgive me. Oh, God, you'll go to heaven and get clean because you don't want to fall down. Amen? But listen, the further you get from God, it won't bother you. You'd be dirty and don't worry about it. I remember how that feels. 
I said, when I was, when I was a kid, I was roofing houses with my daddy, and we'd have a big roofing job, and we'd be nasty for three or four days. You know, it's like you come in so tired, it's like when we'll be dirty in the morning, I might as well lay down and go to bed. Remember what it feels like get up dirty and go to work the next day and get up and come home and go to bed and get up dirty the next day. You get done with the job, you take a bath. It's like, thank God. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> That's disgusting. I look back on that now, I was like, how did I live like that? You know, me and my brother used to make fun of each other because we stunk so bad with roofing. I mean, roofing is not, it's not a pretty profession, okay? But but I can't live like it, amen? I can't do the things I did back then, amen? I'm not the same person I was back then. I don't, I, I ain't a roof for one thing, amen? I ain't getting up, I ain't crawling up a ladder for one thing. I ain't sitting in the hot sun like that for another, amen? But I'm not going, I'm not going to live like it, Amen? And, and there's a lot of people who are still trying to live like they used to live now that they're saved, and it don't work. It just don't work. Amen? First uh, Kings 8.46. If they sin against thee, for there is no man that sinneth not. Amen? And thou be angry with them and deliver them into the... In, that's, that's all the verse I want to say to you right there. Job 14.4. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. Only God. Amen? Only God. Ain't a man can do it. Job fifteen fourteen. What is man that he should be clean, and he which is born of a woman that he should be righteous? Now, we're born sinners. Amen? We can't make ourselves righteous. Ecclesiastes seven twenty. For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. There's not one. You can't find one. The best one is still bad. Say, boy, that's a good fella right there. Well, you don't know him like he knows himself. If you knew him like he knew himself, you wouldn't think the same thing you think. There ain't a one of us who's always pure of thoughts. There ain't a single one of us who's always pure of actions. There ain't a single one of us who always sits there and thinks about good things. I'm going to tell you, I, I don't have to fight the thoughts that go through my head. I don't know about you men, but I am a man and I have thoughts in my head. I have thoughts from 20, 45 years ago that I thought that still every now and then pop in my head and I have to fight them off. Amen? You know, again, if, you're, if you walk in this world, you're going to run into things that, that put thoughts in your head. And ain't nobody can say, I never had. And again, let me, let me clear this up before I go any further. Having a bad thought enter your mind is not sinful. But if you sit there and entertain that thought, enjoy that thought, that's when it becomes sinful. Dr. John R. Rice, he said, when you, ta- when you take that thought and you roll it around in your mouth like a hard candy, amen, enjoy the flavor for a while, that's when it became sin. Billy Sunday, I believe it was Billy Sunday, maybe it was Martin Luther, said, you can't quit, stop a bird from landing on top of your head, but you can stop it from building a nest. And that's that's the idea, amen. And and ain't nobody can stop those thoughts from coming. And and every now and then we indulge those thoughts for too long. Now, so what happens when a man recognizes that he's that he's not pure, and he starts to search for a savior? He's got to look for one, doesn't he? But he said, I've made my heart clean. I'm pure from my sin. This is the boast or the claim of a fool because nobody in their right mind is going to say that unless they're talking foolish. Uh, you know, sometimes people uh, claim to have a, a, a clean heart or, or, or uh, be pure, uh, you know, 
maybe say somebody in the Bible was. Some people say, well, you know, you look at old, you look at old Job, man. He was the best guy you could find. He was, he was, but, but no, hey, you know, God called him perfect, but that's that's perfect in the relative sense in comparison to everybody else. He did everything God wanted him to do compared to everybody else. But was he perfect? No. But when he compared himself to God, he saw what he was. He said, I, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Only vain people brag they have pure hearts. But they're bragging instead of showing their goodness, it does the opposite. It shows how dumb and blind they are and that they can't see themselves. Man's depraved. and man, A depraved man cannot understand his depravity. He cannot see that. Again, you can tell a man how lost he is, that is not going to get him saved. Somebody said, well, you got to get him lost when you get him saved. You can't get him lost. That's the problem. We can't realize it. You cannot get them lost. All you can do is make them mad. God has to get them lost. God has to show a depraved man who can't see his own depravity that he is depraved. God opens his eyes and shows him what you and I can't show him. Well, how do we do that? We tell him the word of God. God uses the word of God. God uses his word as an instrument. When we pull out the word of God, the spirit of God says, yeah, I can use that. I can't use what you were saying before. <clears throat> Nobody can understand how to praise the Lord until, until the Lord shows you how to praise you are. And then Jesus Christ can cleanse you from your sin. Verse 10, diverse weights and diverse measures, both of them alike, are abomination to the Lord. <clears throat> That's, again, we're talking, uh, again, this whole chapter is talking about a person's conduct. <clears throat> so again, we just look, we just looked at the one who thinks, I, I'm better than everybody. I, I'm good. I don't need nothing. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a good person. And we know good whether or not. Now we're looking at the person who who's not a good person for sure because they're trying to cheat people. Diverse weights. Again, God wants all business that's done to be done fair and justly. God wants everything done right. He's not for sketchy uh, business deals, shady dealings. God's not for that. And to have differing weights and measures means that you'll cheat both the buyer and the seller. And God wants our weights and measures to be proper and consistent. And he says both of them are alike abomination to the Lord. God God feels so strong about deceptive business practices that he uses the word abomination to describe this. God, God, God believes in fair weights and measures, and he expects man made in his image to use them also. And... Traders who used insufficient weights and measures for selling, uh, they used, the, they used the, the ones that were underweight, the, the scanty ones or scarce ones or whatever, they used those for the selling. So, again, they're not, they're not given what they're supposed to be given. They're, they're underselling somebody. And then they use the overweight ones for buying, so they, they actually they're, they're getting more uh, than they are uh, otherwise. So... And it's, it's, it's important to notice that all the Proverbs that denounce false scales and measures, they, they, they link the Lord's name in the abomination formula with them. In other words, that the Lord thinks it's an abomination. 
God hates anything that is that is unfair business practice. Verse 11, it says, Even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. Even a child is known by his doings. Um, you know, when it comes to matters of faith, you know, we, we commonly think about, you know, what we believe. You know, we talk about somebody having faith. We talk about what they believe. But but, we, but it's also what you do. It's not just what you say it's or what you believe. It's what you do. Amen? And, and really and truly, we're more about what we do than what we say, right? Because you say all kinds of things, but I want to watch you and see what you do. Amen? And that will prove what you believe. And we're, we're we're more than what we do, but but a child, the Bible says, is known by his doings or his deeds. And uh, and we ought to use that and understand by that that as a child is known by his deeds, you and I are known by what we do as well. People watch us and they know us by what we do, not just what we say, but what we do as well. You can watch a little child. You take a little. You take a little child, maybe maybe two or three, four years old, and 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 you and you watch that child for a while, and you might get an idea what that child's going to turn out to be. Most time, they'll give you some kind of indication of what kind of work, what kind of activities they're best suited for. I mean, you know, you you look at a little child, and he's sitting there figuring out problems. You say, man, that. He's awful smart for his age. He might turn out to be an engineer or something like that. You know, he he's pretty pretty swift. You know, or, or he's good with his hands, taking things apart, putting them back together. You say, well, he gonna make a mechanic when he gets uh, when he gets grown, or, or you know, or, or he's following daddy out in the field, working with daddy in the field and the cows and everything. He gonna be a farmer when he grows up like his daddy. You know, or or somebody's there. Always he, he wants to check somebody's heart, listen to their heart, and and and, and you know they they lead more to medical stuff. You you know you. They may be little, but they got interest. And you see, you can see what they're leaning towards. And people look at us, and they can see the same kind of things in us. They see what we're leaning toward. People can judge people by what they see. Again, it's not by what you say. It's, it's by what you do. That whether his work be pure, whether it be right, the outside world, our friends, our family, God in heaven, they look at our works to see if they're pure and right. That's how people tell if you're a good person or not. It's not again. It's not about what you say because you can say what you want. It's how you treat people that matters. It's if your words are backed up by your actions. No, no kid, no child says, "I'm a good kid," and everybody just takes them at face value what he says, right? <laughs> People evaluate a child by how she or he behaves. And the idea here is that appearances and words can be deceiving. That behavior is always a better basis of judgment than listening to what somebody has to say. Amen. We're too quick to take somebody's word. We need to let them prove it before us. Verse 12. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord hath made even both of them. God gave us a remarkable gift when he gave us the ability to see and to hear and to understand the world around us. If you can imagine trying to grow up without the benefit of vision and hearing, 
how would you even, I mean, I, I know Helen Keller grew up in that kind of world. I, I don't think it benefited her uh, any. She thought he was an atheist. Um, you know, I mean, I don't think it had anything to do with it. She could have easily believed in God the same. But, but, uh, but again, I can't imagine growing up in that kind of world. I've heard of preachers who, who uh, heard one preacher say, he pastored a large church, and he said, you know, I try to relate to all the people in my church. He said, I, I spend one day a month uh, blindfolded so I can relate to all the blind people in my church. I don't know if he did this or not, but I read this in a book. I thought it was pretty interesting. He said, I try to do everything blindfolded. I try to eat blindfolded, try to shave blindfolded. I don't try to drive blindfolded, thank God. But, you know, he tried to do everything he could blindfolded so he could understand what it was like to live blind, so he could relate to the blind members of his congregation. You know, and again, we take for granted the great things that God has given us. And, you know, the, the ability to see gives us the ability to read. It's a gateway to wisdom. The ability to hear gives us the ability to learn. It's a gateway to wisdom. And listening and, and, and observing important qualities of good disciple. And the wise man, will, somebody who wants to, wants to learn, somebody who's, who's eager for learning, that the wise person is gonna is gonna want you around if you're eager to learn. That that you know, a person who has wisdom don't want to bottle it up and keep it all themselves. They want to share it with somebody so they can grow in wisdom as well. That's part of being wise is knowing that everybody needs it. Amen. If you've got it, there's no need to set on it. Again, that's what befuddles me about Christians. And they act like they're so scared to share their faith with somebody else. I don't understand what we're not gonna lose it if we share it. Good night. It multiplies like the fish Jesus handed out. I mean, it just keeps spreading. It, it, it don't ever, it don't ever, it won't ever leave you with any less than you had when you started. So I don't know why we don't share it because it's the one thing that solves everybody's problem. So anyway, again, the hearing eye, the ear, the seeing eye, the Lord has made even both of them. And since God made both of them, and God gave them to us and their gift to us, we ought to determine that we're going to use them for His honor and His glory. So that means we ought to realize. We ought to make a covenant with our eyes, and we ought not be looking at stuff we ought not look at. We ought to make a covenant with our ears, and we ought not be listening to things we ought not to listen to that, that dishonors the Lord. And I, I tell you, that's hard to do in this world we live in, but we ought to do that because, it, again, God gave them to us for his glory. And, again, I'm talking to myself, so I'm talking to you. <clears throat> and, you know, again, you know, we can hear and we can see because we're made in God's image. And since God made the eyes and the ears. He is the infallible judge, and can't nobody deceive him with no appearances. Amen. You can try to pretend what you want to pretend, but when it comes right down to it, nobody's going to fool God. Nobody's going to fool God at all. Amen. Verse 13, it says, Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. I think we had one on lawfulness last week but again that's uh, again that's a serious uh, conduct issue that uh that god deals with quite a bit and the idea here is loving sleep again you know we talked i was talking about money earlier and, and the love of money him saying i love money nothing better than a hundred dollar bill again there's nothing evil about money itself and having money is not evil. it's loving money that's evil Amen? And and there's nothing evil about sleep. Amen? We need sleep. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying your sleep. The problem is when somebody loves sleep, all and they love to sleep all the time. The love it and the laziness that comes with loving sleep all the time 
will bring a man to poverty. And that's what God's saying. It'll make you it'll make you broke. He's talking about excessive sleep. He's talking about being lazy, slothfulness, idleness. I mean, we're supposed to sleep. God created sleep. We sleep because our, our body requires sleep, and not because you love sleep. And, and again, the number of hours that you sleep, that's not the point. If you need if you need ten hours sleep, get ten hours sleep. If you need eleven or twelve, get twelve. Whatever you got to get, whatever your body requires. If you don't need before, get four. Get up, do what you got to do. But the point is, just rolling over and saying, "I don't sleep all day. I, I just love to sleep." There's, there's something wrong there. It, it it turns a person lazy. But you know what? You can't blame sleep on that because some people sleep just a little bit and be lazy anyway. Amen. They might sleep by hour to still be lazy. So, it, again, you can't blame laziness on sleep, but it certainly doesn't help matters when somebody just wants to stay in the bed all the day. Uh, God says, open thine eyes. Open thine eyes and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. You know, sometimes it takes some effort. It takes a little energy to open your eyes. Because it's all so easy to slow, close them back. Just go back to sleep. Yes, but nope, I'm getting up. I'm getting up this time. Throw them covers back. Throw your feet on the floor. I'm getting up. You have to announce it to yourself sometimes to convince yourself. Amen? But but get up out of that bed. Amen? And get to work. Do something. Amen? The reward will be worth it. You won't be broke. Amen? And you'll be satisfied with bread. You know, that's God's economic system. He he made it that way. He started that way in Genesis. Hard work is rewarded. All right, last verse and we're done. It is not, it is not, saith the buyer, when he has gone his way, then he boasteth. Again, this is, we're talking about conduct. We're talking about doing things right. But it is not, it is not, saith the buyer. What in the world is that? Mean? That's what the buyer is crying out. This is the game of uh, of competitive bargaining. That's what we call this, competitive bargaining. The buyer, he was looking to buy something, but he don't want to let the seller know just how much he wants it, so he got to talk bad about it the whole time he's buying it. You know, it ain't really all that nice anyway. Look, it got marks on it. I don't know if I want that. I don't know. You you need to mark it down. I did, I did this here a while back. I, I don't ever do that. But I, I was I went to Dollar General and I was buying some barbecue briquettes and they keep that doggone stand outside year round with them barbecue briquettes on it and that bag was nearly bleached plum out and I said, Man, you wanna mark that thing down? I said, Nobody wanna buy nothing look like that <laughs> He didn't know what to do. He, he said I said, You wouldn't buy something look like that, would you? <laughs> I didn't get no discount. I tried to though. That's competitive bargaining. But anyway, uh, that, that, that's kind of what I'm talking about. But, I mean, in a way. But, I mean, really, he had defective merchandise. But when you're just looking at something saying, hey, I, 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 I don't know if I'm going to buy it or not. That thing ain't worth nothing, man. And then you end up buying it. That's what we're talking about. And, uh, and, and, and all you're doing is hoping to get a better price. It's not that you think that the thing you want to buy is not of good quality, that, it's, that, it's, that it wouldn't be a good thing to own. It's just that you don't want that guy to make that much money off of it. And you think you think you can get him down to where he'll feel bad about what he's selling, where he'll, you'll browbeat him until he'll give in and sell it to you for a cheaper price. Called haggling. 
and, and you know, and, and that's that's normal procedure in most of the world. That's the way people do things, uh, you know. But it's also a warning to inexperienced people on how things are done in the world. But but don't you notice the last part of this verse, and we're done. <laughs> but when he has gone his way, then he boasts. See, again, everything he's saying when he's bargaining for that thing, he's lying. He's lying. He's When he's running down the thing he's trying to buy, he's lying the whole time. It's just a strategy to it. He's just negotiating, trying to get the best price. <clears throat> and this proverb reminds us that what people say isn't what, always what they believe. You know, they're not always going to tell you the truth. People will lie to you to get what they want. People will lie to you for an advantage. And God wants us to remember that and not be gullible, not be taken by somebody. People are quick to criticize the thing they want to buy in order to get it at a cheaper price. And when they've made their their, their buy and they bought it and they took it with them, then they brag to other people, man, you see what kind of deal I got? Did you see how, did you see how cheap I got this for? Is that an honest man? No. And God don't want us to be that way. Does that mean that God wants us to always pay MSRP? No. But God wants us to not try to cheat somebody to get something either. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together. <coughs> the Word of God, the Word of God is there for, I mean, it, it, it'll deal with everything. If you really if you really take your time and comb through it. Amen? I mean, that right there, what we just read, that'll apply on the, on the used car lot in 2023. Amen? That, that'll work at the auction house in 2023. That'll work everywhere. You'd want to be treated. You know? That, again, the golden rule applies everywhere. Do unto others as you have them do unto you. And, and, and that's biblical. That, that verse, that is not a verse in the Bible, but that... that that truth is taught throughout. Amen? Treat people the way that you'd want to be treated. Love people according to the love of God and not according to how you think they ought to be treated. Amen? All right. Anything from anybody before we go home tonight? All right. Remember Sunday. We're going to eat and enjoy a time of fellowship. And uh look forward to doing that. So be sure to bring something good to eat. And uh, we'll, we'll see you on Sunday. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God bless us, Brother Byron. Dismiss us in a word of prayer.